Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hit and Run podcast, where conversation collides. My name is Robbie Alexander, and I am joined, as always, by... Natalie Dunn Billings. So I think fall just came and bitch slapped us all in the face. (laughs) Is it cold there? It is cold here, like today and yesterday it was really cold, but it's supposed to be in the 70s again this weekend. Yes, which is nice because I'm going camping in a yurt, which is a new experience for me. (laughs) I feel like I don't have room to complain because it's 51 here, (laughs) so it's not actually that cold. Yeah, it's like 43 here today. Yeah, I know Cody drove home yesterday to Michigan, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure it was sleet upon arrival. Oh, yeah. So I don't think I have much room to complain, but I'm going to a little bit. (laughs) I'm not really complaining. I get to wear flannels now. It's a pretty good time. (laughs) Well, I guess speaking of cold, not a great segue, but we'll go with (laughs) it. They're not all winners, (laughs) but as long as it gets you to your destination. So... Sam and I have been talking about our vacations for next year, and Mm. we decided today, well, we've been talking about it, but we, I think we're committed um, to the idea, at least, because it's an idea we have to commit to very far in advance. We are going to climb Pikes Peak next year. Remind me what Pikes Peak is. (laughs) It is the highest peak in Colorado. Oh, Shit. It's over 14,000 feet. The hike is 13 miles one way with 7,000 feet of elevation gain. That's intense. It is. It's definitely the most intense hike we've ever done, obviously. We don't do a lot of that kind of hiking in Ohio, but it starts at, well, it's... 14,000 feet and you gain over 7,000. So you start around 7,000 feet, maybe a little bit below. So we've been reading about like the route and how to do it. And we're going to do it in two days because that's an option. So there's the first, I think the first six miles is the first leg. And apparently the first three miles of the entire trail are the hardest part. So the first day is like seven hours and it's six miles. So we're going to do that. And then there's a campground where you can like rent a a lean-to for a night. And they provide dinner and breakfast and it's like staffed. And it's a pretty common or pretty popular like waypoint. And then from there, it's... I think seven more miles to the top, but it's not as hard as the first half apparently. And then you can either hike back down or you can, there's like several different ways to get transportation to the top if you don't want to hike there. So you can buy like a one-way ticket. There's like a a railway, like a little like transit thing up to the top. No, so that doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it counts in some instances, but I would, for you, it would not count. I mean, it's better than hiking back 13 miles. No. So that's the whole experience. Well, the thing is, we're going to do we have to do um, the first six miles. Then we camp. Then the next day we do the next seven miles and then we have to get back down because there's no camping at the peak. So we either have to do seven up and seven back to that campground again and then do the last six down, which is a long day. Or we have to do seven up and then 13 back to go home or like to go back to Mm -hmm. our Airbnb. So we'll probably try and get some transportation on the way back down. Apparently, hitchhiking back down the mountain is very popular. (laughs) So maybe we'll do that. Who knows? But so we've been reading about how to like train for this because I'm not capable right now of hiking 13 miles up 7,000 feet starting at 6,000 feet. I'm pretty sure the elevation of my home is like 800 feet. Ohio's pretty flat. Yeah. Flat as Jesus. And it is not exactly high above sea level. So we've been doing some reading about, you know, how to train for it and how to prepare. And it's very interesting. Now, for starters, what made you guys say, hey, we should do Pike's Peak next year? 
Well, we've had a road trip to Colorado kind of penciled in for next year for a while. That's been our plan. And then we were talking about what we want to do in Colorado. And we've been debating whether or not it's going to be a dog trip or a non-dog trip. Because originally we were like, we'll take Nezzy. We'll do a bunch of like dog-friendly hiking. And then we'll do some other things. And like she can stay in the, the condo or whatever. And we've been talking about, you know, what would we do if we didn't take her and... I don't know, Sam came up with the idea. He was just looking at things to do in that area. We were looking at like the Colorado Springs area because there's a scenic railroad that we wanna do. And it's like a three hour gorge tour on a train, obviously. So we were looking at things around that area and I guess he just stumbled across Pikes Peak and you know, we like hiking and I've always wanted to do that kind of hiking, but we've never really had the opportunity or been in shape, so. At this point, you know, we're about a year out. We want to go next August. So I think that that's enough time. I mean, it's definitely enough time. Will there be snow on the mountain at that point? There might be. I mean, I've been to Colorado in August and seen snow. So like it has snowed when I was there. So it's definitely not out of the question. And Pikes Peak is one of the highest, well, it is the highest peak in Colorado. It's over 14,000 feet. So the likelihood of there being at least some level of snow on the peak, pretty high. So I take it that this is a, a Nezzy stay home trip now? Yeah, we talked about it. It is dog friendly, but I just don't know. I don't know how to guarantee that she would be ready for it because I have no idea how elevation would affect her. I have no idea how we would like prepare her for that you know we can train our bodies to be prepared for that even though we are at a low elevation we can compensate for that but I don't know how to do that with a dog in a healthy way and I don't want to risk her not being able to make it right and on top of that if you guys start feeling sick you cognitively know that it's because of the elevation where if Nezzy starts getting elevation sickness then she doesn't know what's going on she just feels sick in a strange place and then that's just gonna put even more stress on her. And it's hard for us to tell, you know? It's a lot harder to tell when a dog is experiencing that kind of thing, so. And you're gonna have enough on your mind if you're <laughs> trying to tackle Pike's Peak. Right, yeah, for sure. So we're probably gonna leave her home. Now, kind of give a, a background on what your hiking experience has been. Have you done very intense hikes? I know obviously not Pike's Peak level, mm -hmm. but you guys, you hike all the time. What times a year do you hike? How intense do you get bouldering as you're hiking? <laughs> I mean, I would say in terms of like Ohio hiking, we are pretty adept. I mean, we've done like 10 mile hikes here in Ohio and, you know, not a crazy amount of elevation gain, but like fairly uphill. So I would say, you know, on a scale of like nature walk to Pike's Peak, we're probably at a solid like four to five. But I feel like those that gap in between where we are and where Pike's Peak is, is pretty significant. And you know, we're not like backpackers. I mean, Sam's done it in like Boy Scouts. And I've never really had the opportunity to do something like that. I've always wanted to, but I don't know much about it. So it's definitely a different level of hiking that than we are used to. It'll be a, a learning experience for you guys. For sure. Yeah, we're putting, you know, like some good trekking poles on our Christmas list and we got to get a second backpack because we only have one because we've never done overnight hiking before like we've never done even you know we'll be staying in a shelter not like packing in our tents and everything but still we're gonna need a significant amount more gear than we are used to taking so training with heavier bags 
training with endurance and higher elevations, uneven ground. I mean, it's all new. Is this a group tour or is this more like a roadside motel as you go up in the in the services that they provide? Yeah, I really think it's just a campground that has staff basically. And they do like big campfire meals for everyone who's staying there. Shoot boy, you can motorcycle up there if you feel <laughs> like it. According to this Q&A on Google. Yeah, you can get to the peak without like hiking it. You know, you can drive up there. You can, I think Sam was saying you have to pay to drive up yourself or you can pay for like a trolley ride up there and then you get like time at the top to take pictures and stuff and then they take you back down. So we have options if we decide to chicken out on the hike, but I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm excited about preparing for this kind of hike and like being able to do more things like this in the future. I mean, I feel like I told Sam, I was like, if we can do this shit, like the the hills that we hike up down here, we can run up those things. Like, <laughs> Right. You guys will start doing the, the 6K trail runs. <laughs> I don't know about trail runs. That's your next goal. That's your next goal, the 6K trail runs. <laughs> but I wanted to share this. So we were looking into, you know, like training and we found this website that's like the Pikes Peak Challenge. And I think it's a, oh. I think it's an event because it says like September 10th, 2022, which obviously that's past, but they have a page that's like how to train and prepare yourself for this hike because it is intense. So they basically have like a whole list of different types of exercise you can do. And then they have a point system. So they say that to expect yourself to be able to hike Pikes Peak, you have to be able to sustain at least 28 points per week for six consecutive weeks before you can say you're like ready to attempt this. So like walking a mile is one point. Walking an hour or more without stopping is an additional point. Jogging for 20 minutes or more is two points. And then climbing stairs for 15 minutes or more is two points. So you have to be able to accumulate 28 points per week for six straight weeks to say that you're in physical shape. And they also say that if you are someone who is not from Colorado and you're at a lower altitude, you may require more intensive training than this. That's what I just pulled up the site. If you have more pronounced balance problems, you have to subtract a quarter of your points. Right. That's savage. Yeah. So the example they give is that like one successful week is... A person walks three miles each day for five days in one week. Each walk is an hour. So that's three points for each mile, one additional point for walking nonstop for an hour. So that's four points for each day. And that's four points for five days. So that's 20 points. Then they also jogged 20 minutes on two of the days and did 15 minutes of stair climbing on two of those days, in addition to walking three miles, five days. So then they get four points for the jogging and four points for the stair climbing. So that's 28 points. And that's one week that you have to be able to do that for six straight weeks to be able to hike the Pikes Peak. That's a commitment. <laughs> you guys are not going to have much of a social life Well, in those six weeks leading up to it. I mean, honestly, but so we were talking about it and it's like, you know, we're trying to, we have a couple of shorter, but like more pricey things that we're doing in the spring. And then pretty much the whole rest of the year leading up to our trip to Colorado is just going to be like hiking and camping and training for Pikes Peak, which is honestly like, I mean, I want to camp more next summer anyway. So I think it will be good, but also, yeah, crazy. Definitely a committed schedule. So are you going to start training before those six weeks? So yeah. that that six weeks is not hell for you? So when when are you guys going to start prepping for this? Sam does strength training three times a week. So he's way ahead of me in that space. I have been a little bit more stagnant since um, my surgery. Like I've had a hard time coming back to working out consistently 
consistently. So I'm a little below par at the moment in terms of like my endurance and my strength. So I'm working on right now, just getting back up to like a normal level of like being able to, you know, do like strength training and cardio. So I'm working on that right now. And then I think honestly for me, I think for Sam, all he's gonna have to do is start adding in cardio to his regular workouts because he doesn't do cardio. So for him, I don't think it's as urgent. I think he probably can give himself a couple of months, like maybe like three months leading up to it and he'll be okay. For me, I'm probably going to start at least, you know, with this mindset, like in the new year, you know, just working mm. toward it slowly. Well, you know what they say, you got to carbo load before these big events. <laughs> so I think that gives you license to just go ham during the holidays. <laughs> yeah, Sam actually found like he was reading about this in a different place, but I think they used the same like training thing because he was also talking about like the 28 points. But the website he was reading also had a like, here are the things you shouldn't do before your hike. Like don't drink like a week before your hike because it's dehydrating and be careful what you eat because you don't want to your body to feel like shit before you start this crazy hike. So it's going to be. Yeah. What, what do you pack for a trip like that? I mean, I know they're feeding you in mm -hmm. essentially the mess halls where you're staying, but what kind of snacks do you pack? How much water do you pack? Do you pack an extra pair of socks? Yeah, I mean, definitely extra pairs of socks, lots of those. And then, uh, so we were actually just talking too, we have to filter our water at the campground and at the peak, but we can refill our water at the campground and at the peak. So we have a camel pack that we'll take, and then we also have water bottles. So we'll probably take like either one or two camel packs if we get a new pack and then additional bottles depending on what our overall weight is. And then I'm not sure, probably need to pack like bed rolls or something. I don't know. It sounds like these lean twos are pretty basic. So we'll probably have to get those and then a change of clothes, I guess, or like layers at least to change into or to swap out if we need to. And then, yeah, I guess just as many like high protein, low density snacks that we can, lots of cliff bars or whatever. Nuts. <laughs> trick question. What's your favorite Cliff Bar flavor? Is it a trick question? Because you don't like Cliff Bars? No, I, I do have my favorite. <laughs> so I'm trying to I'm trying to see if we match up right here. Of all the flavors, I usually go for either the white chocolate macadamia nut or the banana bread. See, look at this. <laughs> this is why we have a podcast together. Those were both correct answers. <laughs> now, is Pikes Peaks going to be the only part of your vacation out there or are you going to stay and do extra things i know you mentioned the train yeah so we're going to we're going to drive out so that'll be two days because it is a 20-hour drive and then we're going to the first day in colorado springs we're just going to be chill you know try to adjust to the elevation do a couple of things there's a huge park there called garden of the gods that's really popular that was my next question was if you guys were going to go to garden of the gods yeah that's the plan for the first day just as we're adjusting spend some time there there's a couple other things we want to do there's a zoo in Colorado Springs so whatever we feel like and depending on how we're feeling with the elevation the second day will be the first leg of the hike so we'll do that and then the second day will be the second leg of the hike and then the, the next day will be the train so that we don't have to do anything physical maybe find like a hot tub or something <laughs> to Dude, soak our bodies honestly perfect way to end <laughs> a vacation that or book a massage mm, i'm sure there's plenty idea, of spas honestly. out there yeah so then we're gonna do the train the next day and just chill and not really do anything else probably and then we have one more day of sightseeing not sure exactly what we're gonna do and then drive home two days oh that was my next question so you're going to drive out there mm -hmm. 
through Kansas, I assume, through Missouri and Kansas. Yeah, the first day we're going to drive through Kansas because Sam's aunt and uncle live in Kansas. So we're going to do okay. a long first day to get to their house. I'm so sorry. And stay the night. And then <laughs> we have kind of like a half day the next day to get the rest of the way there. And then on the way home, we actually were thinking of stopping through St. Louis, um, which will be like a long first day and then we'll have like a half day home. So Well, you're always welcome at the <laughs> old Alexander Pellegrin residence. <laughs> we will probably take you up on that. Yes. We don't have to do anything either. You guys are free to just crash and sleep. We'll get <laughs> perfect. We'll get pizza or there's a lot of restaurants. We'll find some restaurant we haven't taken you to mm-hmm. yet. Smart on you guys though to split up Kansas. I don't know if you've ever driven through Kansas in a single day, but it's hell. <laughs> I'm sure. It's hell. It's the worst. Yeah, I can imagine. I would drive through Indiana over and back before I drive through Kansas <laughs> again. Horrific. Now, I don't know how much you've looked into this, but I've got Pikes Peak pulled up on a Google page. Okay. There are some interesting things you can do out here. <laughs> For example, the Colorado Zipline Tour. <laughs> Woo! Sounds fun. Ziplining. Have you ever ziplined before? Yeah, we went in um, Hocking Hills. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. And I never told you the person from Adrian who fell from a zipline and broke her leg or something. No, you didn't. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to tell you after this show. <laughs> I have never been ziplining. We've talked about mm-hmm. this. I'm probably going to go and we're going to Hawaii to see Hillary's aunt and uncle this January. That's cool. And she wants to go ziplining and I am terrified. It was fun though. So they better strap me in. Well, I just got to make sure I'm strapped in just like a roller coaster. Yeah. So that's one option you can do out there. You can you can do the Colorado zipline tour. You can also rent a Jeep and do the Pikes Peak Jeep tour. Well, we already have a Jeep. In? So. You already have a, does Sam have a Jeep? No, I have a Jeep. Did we not talk about this? You, no. Last time I, you drew, you drove like a Ford Prius. Focus? I know those are two different <laughs> manufacturers. Yes. Yeah, we got rid of the Focus. No, how long have you had a Jeep for? August. It, yeah, this is news to me. <laughs> well, we have a Jeep now. Well, it's a- put that on the back burner. Put that on the back burner. <laughs> We're going to get through this list and that's going to carry us through the end of the episode. Okay. Basically, the only other thing on this list I want to talk about is the classic three hour food tour Mm. in Colorado Springs. Well, that sounds great. It's only $75 via, what the hell is this? Viator, a trip advisor company. Mm. It's about three hours, as the title (laughs) implies, free cancellation. Go beyond Garden of the Gods and sink into Colorado Springs' explosive culinary scene. Over three hours, you'll visit five incredible restaurants and boutique shops. Why did you cut that off from me? (laughs) In downtown Colorado Springs, learning about the city's history... Along the way, from Pikes Peak to the Gold Rush and beyond, this tour combines the best of all worlds. Art, history, food, guided by a true local's perspective. Um, That sounds amazing. You get a behind-the-scenes look at all five beloved spots. You can opt for an only-in-Colorado craft beer and cocktails for only an extra $15. So you better drink your weight. To get your money's worth. And you'll learn all about the city's history and culture from your local guide. What's included? Lunch, water at all locations, expert tour leader, local, historical storytelling, art and cultural insights, insider information on local restaurants and chefs. What's not included? Tour leader gratuity, alcohol pairings, unless you have the $15. Mm-hmm. And you have to be 21 years or older for that. I think that's a pretty good deal. That's not cool. I think I just found an extra day for you guys out there. I mean, send that to me, honestly. Because we don't have anything specific planned for our sightseeing days, so. Yes. We're always down for food. First you'll hop in your Jeep, and then you'll (laughs) go on a food hike. Those seem to be the three big things. Zip lining, (laughs) Jeep touring, Garden of the Gods, and food tours. But if you're in Colorado Springs, you can go around Joe Kenda's old stopping grounds. (laughs) You ever watch Joe Kenda? Gruff old man. My dad loves him, probably because 
He is also a gruff old man. <laughs> oh, there's Cave of the Winds Mountain Park. It's a cave with tours, so we might do that. Cave of the Winds? Is that like God farting? <laughs> a <ba-dum-ps. laughs> But yeah, we got a Jeep. We got a Jeep. <laughs> Sam still has the Charger. Challenger. Challenger. Yes. Damn it. I was so close. And <laughs> so now there's a, a Challenger and a Jeep. Mm-hmm. You guys are a badass little family. <laughs> Nezzy's going to roll up in a, a little Bugatti next. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a Jeep Cherokee, so not a Wrangler, but... It sounds like that's what you wanted. A Wrangler? No. Oh, you sounded disappointed when you said that. I don't really care about like it being a Jeep Jeep. I just wanted... it. Jeep Cherokees are super nice. They're basically... Ford escapes that aren't Fords and I'm sick of Ford. Right. So that's why As you should be. I got it. But it is really nice. It's a 2019. It has a double sunroof, which is amazing. I didn't even know they made those. Yeah, it's, I didn't either, but it's huge. Like my entire roof is a sunroof. It's amazing. Yeah, man. All the nice features. You know what you're doing. What year? 2019. So how did you land on this Jeep? Because the last time we talked on the podcast about your car was your bachelorette party and things went south very quickly at your bachelorette party. So what has happened since then? So it wasn't too bad for a while after my bachelorette party. We replaced the battery and then it needed a new transmission like module, I think it was called, that was a recall. So I didn't have to pay for it, but it was back ordered indefinitely. And they added my car to the list in like November. Mm -hmm. And when we got rid of the car, in August, it was still indefinitely backordered. Like no word from Ford about when those would be available. So that part was never getting fixed. And there were a bunch of other things wrong with it. And we've been trying to get a new car since April, but cars are still super expensive and trying to find one was really difficult. I mean, we have, you know, Sam's dad to help find cars for us because that's what he does, but it was just difficult because I mean, everything is difficult right now in terms of purchasing things, especially cars but finding exactly what I wanted took a long time. So we didn't get one till August. We were looking for a bigger car than my Focus. So getting an SUV and I was sick of Ford, so I didn't want a Ford. Um, And when we buy from Sam's dad, we can only buy American cars. So that left basically Jeeps as our option within our price range. And we were originally looking at a Jeep Compass, but we test drove one and it wasn't that much bigger than my Focus and there were some problems with them. So we ended up going for a Cherokee instead. It's basically the exact same but it's a little smaller. A Jeep Compass. Yeah, there's tons of them. There's tons of those and tons of Cherokees. Well, besides the double sunroof, which has a ringing endorsement, what what do you think about the car so far? You like it? Yeah, I do. I like driving a bigger car. I like that it's taller. I like that it works. You like that doesn't shit out every time you drive it? (laughs) Uh, I like that it accelerates without like stuttering, which my Focus did, which all Focuses do. Um, But it's nice. It has nice, like nice features. So it has a really nice like center console and it has Android Auto and it has um, all of that. Heated seats, leather seats, which I didn't have before. Perfect for right now. (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. It has a heated steering wheel which I've never oh, had before. shut the front door. That's Amazing. not a real thing. Sam has one too, and I've been jealous ever since he got his car. So now I have a heated steering wheel too. Is that something I can get aftermarket? I don't think so. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Rhonda, step up your game. Do you have a name for the car? No. I've never really been one you to name my cars. Hillary, man. Sometimes it just comes, you know? <laughs> Sometimes it just pops in your head. Red Rhonda the Honda. <laughs> hey Zeus. <laughs> Rest in peace. Blue Bomber. Well, let's see. You've got a Jeep Cherokee, Jeep Peep, Philippe, Philippe the Jeep. You could go like me and just rhyme. (laughs) Or what color is it? Silver. Silver. Hmm. Then you can do things such as the silver bullet. (laughs) 
Or I think that's what my dad used to call Jesus, and then we started calling it Jesus. <laughs> why did we call it Jesus? For people who are thinking, why did you name your car Jesus? The car came with a Jesus fish sticker on it, and we didn't want to just call the car Jesus. We thought Jesus had a nice <laughs> ring to it. Fun story. I thought I was Christian. Apparently not a very good Christian, because when I got the car, I thought, huh, the Malibu symbol is very interesting. <laughs> and I told that to Joe, and boy, did I hear about it. <laughs> it was not the Malibu symbol. It is a Jesus fish. I still have that Jesus fish. It's in a little box. We took it off the car before we, we sent her to pasture. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, we got, we'll, have, we'll have to workshop that. We'll have to workshop that. Does Sam have a name for his challenger? I believe it is Chelsea. Why? <laughs> Chelsea the challenger. Chelsea the challenger. Well, it's got the little bit but of But he doesn't say it often enough that like I remember that it's named Chelsea. So he'll start talking about Chelsea every once in a while. And I'm like, who the fuck is Chelsea? Like, we don't have any friends named Chelsea. He'll be like, Chelsea really needs... I really need to clean Chelsea. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> who, who the fuck is Chelsea? <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> Somebody else better be washing Chelsea. But no, that is his car. Well, let me brainstorm a silver Jeep Cherokee with heated seats. Are the heated seats relevant? It could be. You never know. You never know where inspiration <laughs> is going to strike. Yeah, because I have Rhonda, and then I have a little duck that sits on my dashboard. His name's Napoleon, and he's my travel guide. He looks like a carrot, <laughs> and he's very friendly, <laughs> except he's kind of melted to the dashboard at this point. <laughs> what about Francine? Mm, no? I don't like Lucille. It. Well, see, I went with Jesus instead of Jesus, so instead of Francine, Francesca. I don't think I think about my car. You don't think about it as a woman? No, I don't think I think about it in a in a feminine way. All right, <laughs> there we go. We just crossed the box off of one. So this car is going to have a man's name. <laughs> so let's start thinking names. Tom. No, too basic. <laughs> Paul. Paul. So Paul is probably too basic too. Yeah. Well, let's see. It's a Jeep, so that's an adventurous car. So should we start naming old adventurers? Mm, they're all kind of shitty though. They are. I'm glad you brought that up. So... <laughs> Although my duck's name is Napoleon. I mean, I didn't, I didn't name your duck. Napoleon? You, uh, we, hold on. Napoleon <laughs> suits the duck if you meet him. <laughs> I like my car, though. I like my duck. <laughs> Let's see. So Tom's too basic. What about something spicy like Sam? <laughs> <laughs> Think that would get a little confusing. Dude, that would be so, just picture it. Just, I got to go clean Sam. What? <laughs> I just showered. <laughs> Uh, Steven. These are all so basic. Stefan. No. Stefan sounds like a douchebag. Luigi. Luigi. No. I actually know a Stefan and he's very nice. I just met him a couple weeks okay, ago. Well, I didn't a mean it personally, guy. but. <laughs> Luigi. No. So it can't be a video game character. Um, not a Nintendo video game character. Oh, that? let's see. Well, I don't know a lot of video games, so that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of spurts my growth. Um, well, spurts, I guess it would stunt the growth. I was like, what? <laughs> So it's got to be non-basic. It can't be a Nintendo character. Can it be the name of somebody you know? Mm, depends how well I know them. Oh, goodness. Let's see. Feel free to throw out names as well. No, you've committed to this. Well, now I'm going to look up. <laughs> I'm just. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to Google adventurous male names. <laughs> I feel like you're going to get some weird shit. Let's see. This is my work computer too, so uh, fingers crossed <laughs> that. I don't get fired. Adventurous male names. Male cat names? No, just male names. Outdoorsy boy names for your nature level. <laughs> I think I just had a... I think he's got a tongue twister right there. 
I can't speak. The three secrets that make or break a natural childbirth. No, thank you. That was a baby's bottom right there. Outdoorsy boy names for your nature lover. How the hell did we end up here in this episode? <laughs> I don't know. We're kind of circled back around. All right. Well, this has meaning, origin, and I don't care about popularity. Adair, Alder, Alpine, Archer, Arden, Arnold, which is an eagle ruler, German origin. <laughs> Arrow, Ash, Aspen. Now we're just naming trees. Yeah. Briar, Briar Jeep. Nah, because that goes back no. to Briar Rabbit, right? Or Bear, 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 Bear. Splash Mountain. <laughs> Did they ever finish that? I don't think so. Lame. Buck, Buck the Jeep. <laughs> Clay, Cliff, Cole, Colt, Conan, Canyon. Any of these? Denali, Dean, Cypress. Lots of trees. I, they're outdoorsy. Do you want an outdoorsy name? Let's start there. I mean, that seems fitting for a Jeep. All right, what about Lark? Lark the Jeep. Or here we go, let's let's do J's. We'll stick with alliteration right here, okay? Jasper, Jasper the Jeep. Kind of like that. Javi, J, Jorah, Jorah Marmon, Game of Thrones. <laughs> John Snow, John, John the Jeep. But you know it's John Snow. <laughs> that Jeep is a bastard, except he's not, he's royalty. It's not a spoiler, because nobody knows what I'm talking about yet. Journey and Juniper. Those are the J names in here. I kind of like Jasper. You kind of like Jasper. Jasper is a contender. Let's stick in here. Do you want me to keep going down this list or I can I can find another one? Orson, Orion, Oringo, he who likes to hunt. Oakley, Oaklen, or just flat out Oak. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still with us in this podcast, Roger, Rowan, Rusty, Sage, Sawyer, Scout. I've skipped a ton of names, by the way. Sequoia, Sparrow, Slate, Theron, Thimba, Thorn, Thunder, Timber. Wade Waters, Wendell. Dude, I like Wendell. Wendell the Jeep? Uh, no, I think I like Jasper. You think you like Jasper? Well, we got a couple more here. Okay. Wilder, Wolf, Zylon, Yarrow, Zahor. <laughs> Zahor? Zah Zahower. It's Blossom <laughs> in African. Or Zephyr, which is West Wind in Greek. Holy shit, that's terrifying. I'm sending you this picture. It's a that's the stages of a baby. I don't know what the hell. Go to your <laughs> messenger right now. This is horrific. I'm sending you the picture. We're talking about this right now. What are you sending me? I'm sending you something that's just I'm burned into my eyes now. Into my memory. Oh my god, what the fuck are you looking at? That's terrifying. Why are you looking at this? It's part, it was on the same <laughs> page. It's part of an ad. It says, see what's up with you and your baby right now. Just tap your week of pregnancy. Who's the father? <laughs> Satan? This thing is horrific. That's two episodes in a row I've seen something that bothers me. I think we've landed on Jasper the Jeep though. Yep. All right, you gotta go tell Sam after this episode. All right. And I'm gonna ask you how Jasper is every single time. <laughs> okay. Look what we've accomplished. If you got a plan for Pike's Peak, you are going on a food tour potentially with a little alcohol if you want. You got a name for your Jeep. We now know you have a Jeep. Why am I listing all these things? It's not time. <laughs> I was gonna say, you're taking all of them. Those are all throwaways. I just made our job a lot more difficult. Well, I won't say the next one then, because I'm sure one of us will bring it up. How much time? I'd say that was an episode. If you liked what you heard. <laughs> They're not all long. If you liked what you heard, make sure that you tell your friends, tell your family, recommend us to coworkers, passerbyers on the street, and even your cat if they want to listen. We're here and we just like brightening days. That sounded sarcastic, it was not. <laughs> Natalie, besides everything I just listed, what did we learn today? We learned that it takes at least six weeks to train to hike Pikes Peak, but realistically probably a lot longer. We also learned that Colorado Springs has a lot to offer, including food tours. And we learned that apparently my Jeep is a boy. 
We also learned that training for Pike's Peak takes a point system. <laughs> we learned that for 15 extra dollars. No, I already said that. God damn it. <laughs> we learned that if you want your child's name to be outdoorsy, there's a site for that. And we learned that I'm posting this terrifying picture right now with little <laughs> to no context. And you're going to learn about it when this episode drops. You see that? That's pretty trippy. This has been the Hit and Run Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.